0: Hello and welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. This is your new host, Dylan, speaking with you. I am super excited to announce that we are bringing back the podcast after we have taken nearly a year off. The past year got really busy for the Neo News Today team, and we are so sorry that it has taken us this long to bring you back new episodes of the podcast. But we are back. Before moving into the conversation we had with Narrative, I'd like to highlight an upcoming series of events. In an effort to better connect community members with projects, Neo Global Development has announced Neo Live, which is a series of hour-long ask-me-anything conversations with ecosystem members and projects. As it is currently slated, the events will take place on Thursdays and begin promptly at 8 p.m. in the UTC plus eight time zone. The first English Neo Live was held recently with the CEO and founder of Travalla, Matt Laksinski. And the next event will be taking place on Thursday, August first, with the CEO and co founder of Guardian Circle, Mark Jeffrey. The following Thursday, on the 8th, then there will be an AMA with Switchio, and afterwards, on the following Thursday of the 15th, another AMA with Kobo Wallet. Kobo is one of the 50 new partners that was recently recruited in the first phase of the EcoBoost program. Each AMA will be held on the official Neo Telegram channel, And, of course, you will be able to find coverage of the events at www.neonewstoday.com. In today's episode, we had the chance to catch up with Rosemary O'Neill to chat about the narrative platform and the process of democratizing online content moderation. We also got to talk about an unexpected popular niche that has arisen on the platform, And among many other topics, we got to discuss the potential positive outcomes of regulatory conversations that have been ongoing in the United States this past summer. So, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Rosemary O'Neill as much as I did. All right, hey everybody, this is Dylan with Neo News Today, and today we're talking with Rosemary O'Neill of Narrative. How are you doing today, Rosemary?
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Dylan.
0: Absolutely. So I think the last time Neo News Today spoke with Narrative was in December of 2018, when Colin interviewed Brian. Um, And this is actually our first podcast that we're bringing back since uh, about a year ago now. So I'm super excited to have you be our first return, our first guest on the returning podcast.
1: I feel honored. Hopefully, we start a good long stretch of more episodes because I'm a fan. I'd like to hear more too.
0: Absolutely. So, I guess for listeners who haven't heard of Narrative before, um, what's kind of the elevator pitch for your project and what the platform is all about?
1: Yeah. So, we actually have dived in and are creating a content platform that's kind of by the people for the people. uh, And so, member governed interest-based, so you can find what you're looking for really easily and follow it, and everyone gets rewarded. So everything you do in the platform gives you rewards in the form of our utility token, NERV.
0: And I noticed that the first, was this the first NERV payout in June?
1: Uh, This was the second one. The first one was a double payout, April, May, and then June just recently went out. So we've actually started to get up and running with the reward system, which is really exciting.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Incentivizing users to use the ecosystem.
1: Yeah, we've tried to do kind of both sides of the equation, both the monetary rewards and then also incentives for good behavior in terms of reputation and quality content, quality ratings. So we really, we don't want it to be all about the money. I think that's one leg of the stool, Mm -hmm. um, but also a lot of incentives for people to create good stuff and then also be good actors within the platform.
0: So narrative, I really appreciate it because it's trying to, uh, give power back to the people and for the people to maintain and own their own content. Um, I'm wondering, and I'm interested. What was what was your aha moment when you realized that we need a, a platform like Narrative?
1: Well, actually, it goes back to um, my husband Ted O'Neill is the one who wrote the brilliant white paper that kicked all of this off, and you know the two of us have been running another company for the past twenty years that uh, does online community, online engagement for all this time, and I think what really struck him you know, say a few years ago is that the incentives for the platforms is all about getting, selling more ads, getting, grabbing up, hoovering up as much user data as possible. And there's no incentive for them to really do good things. Um, And at the same time, we were seeing this rise of um, people really having a desire to be able to find the stuff that they want um, algorithms are great in, in certain places, but it almost has become a world where I can't weed through all of this stuff that's being shoved at me to see the things I really want to see. And we were starting to see those articles surface about Facebook and Twitter and you know all the big platforms, um, and even Medium has had its own saga going on about monetization. Um, so I think his moment of truth was kind of, wait a second. What if we put the actual members in charge of doing this instead of a few people in a back room somewhere in California deciding what content is okay and what content is not okay, what behavior is okay? What if there was almost a democracy in online content and community? And I think once he wrote that up, it really caught fire and the white paper, the reaction to it was pretty dramatic. Um, and which felt really good. It's like, yes, this is not a crazy idea. This is something that's needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so we are now two years in to, to narrative as a business.
1: Yeah. Well, a year and a half, I guess. Yeah. Um, we've, we've made it this far and, uh, April of this past year was our actual beta public beta release.
0: So, um, that was exciting to cover on behalf of NEO News Today. Um, so, talking about the the public beta release, to date, how many niches have been created and uh, how many users does the platform have now?
1: Well, we actually, conveniently, we publish all of this on platform if you go to the reporting area in HQ, but I can tell you there are 986, as of this very moment, active purchase niches covering everything from landscape photography to holistic medicine to sports and everything in between. Um, There are around 8,200 members in the platform and growing, um, and 357 niche owners. Uh, You can own up to 10 niches, so we're seeing a lot of people buy more than one.
0: Mm -hmm. And the niche owners, are they specializing in certain... um broader niches? Like if it's arts and crafts, are they purchasing sub niches within the arts and crafts area or are they expanding to other, um, broader niches as well?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, I personally haven't seen that. What I've seen is people, um, well, we have two different types of niche owner. One is the speculator niche owner, someone who comes in, they're like, okay, uh, sports is going to be a big one or, uh, travel. Is a really big one. So there's that kind of person and they came in and they may not even necessarily be a subject matter expert in the niches they bought Mm -hmm. on the other side of the coin is kind of what you're talking about. Somebody who has deep expertise or an interest or passion around a certain subject, those people are more likely to do sort of a cluster of sort of related. So photography, landscape photography, and mobile photography might be owned by the same person. Um, So we're kind of seeing both sides of the coin there.
0: Very cool. So are there any sort of interesting statistics that have popped out since you've seen the public beta? Uh,
1: Well, we were really fascinated. Uh, The the really interesting thing to see would be to see which niches would kind of rise to the top with the most content right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And I think internally, we sort of thought cryptocurrency would be far and away always number one from day one. And what happened was um, independent music and musicians Hmm. went gangbusters right off the bat. We had a big influx of artists and musicians who wanted to get their work out there. And so I think we're seeing um, more of that happening, more on the artistic side, art and nature. And I mentioned street photography, music. Those are all um, niches that have been in the top 10 almost from day one. There's a lot of fiction writers on the platform. So all the creative arts are really thriving. And yes, right now, cryptocurrency is number two in the top 10, too.
0: (laughs) A sign of the market, perhaps. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Facebook has kind of become uh, scrutinized for the way that it uses and manipulates user data. I'm wondering if, um, and maybe the demographic for the largest niche isn't particularly using Facebook, but I'm wondering if you're seeing people who are coming over to the narrative platform if they're explicitly stating uh, their concerns that they had over other social media platforms. Um,
1: Yeah, I I think one indicator of that is as I look at our own analytics and what sites are referring traffic to us and bringing people to us, Facebook is among our top referrers. Um, We do have a Facebook page. (laughs) Um, But I think it is indicative of this hunger for something new and different. And I've been told by a lot of people coming over from other platforms that we are a breath of fresh air. It feels really weird and different. It's it can be unsettling, even to new people, because they don't even—they haven't been given the freedom to post whatever they want and to see whatever they want in a raw form. In so long, they almost don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on our homepage in Narrative, you're going to see the things you have subscribed to and nothing more on that main front page when you land there if you're logged in. And I think to some people, it's like, wait a second. That I, I don't understand. There's no algorithm. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're giving them ways to see the most popular trending quality and all of that, but your default mode is you get to see exactly what you're interested in seeing. So it's been interesting.
0: Very cool. And mm-hmm. with regards to interest in niches, are there still ongoing auctions for niche domains? And are you seeing um, kind of new and unique niches start to arise as the kind of broader niches have been purchased already?
1: Yeah, it definitely comes in waves. And every day here at the office, we have a conversation where someone brings up some big subject and and someone goes, oh, that should be a niche. (laughs) And it's fun to go look it up then. Um, But so, for example, right now at this moment, there is an auction going on for surrealism as a niche. Mm. Next to Kuala Lumpur, next to bow hunting, right? So um, you can kind of see it covers the waterfront. Um, there, Yes, the active bidding is still going. I expect that to actually spike up once we do the uh, nerve redemptions on Monday, and not to get ahead of our conversation, but um, I think when people have more nerve in their pocket from the system, they might be going after more niches too. I've heard people talking.
0: Yeah, it was exciting to see a little bit of nerve enter my my uh, my account um, <laughs> in June for my little contributions <laughs> I've made. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, kind of shifting a little bit to talk about the neo blockchain. I'm wondering how the neo blockchain has met the needs of the narrative platform and the purpose for the nerve token.
1: Yeah, it's been working really well for us so far. And I have to say, we really love the Neo ecosystem and how projects try and support each other. And and we've had some good relations with some of the other projects out there too. Um, I think that What we're doing right now makes sense Um, using NEO for our transactions and reward system. And it seems to be working really well. Well, rubber hits the road, right? When we do the redemptions, then we'll really be um, fully using the whole uh, system end to end in terms of moving Nerv around uh, within the platform. Right now, you can use Nerve to... By niches. Um, also, we've announced that we're going to be doing publications this summer. You will also be able to buy publications with Nerve. <clears throat> there are also plans to have premium subscriptions in the future, as well as tipping in the platform. I, I personally really see tipping as something that's going to be really powerful. Um, even thinking of scenarios where if you're a nonprofit on the platform, you could have your constituents or people who support you send their nerve rewards to you as tips in the platform or, you know, possibly sponsoring a writer to write something that you'd like to read, um, almost like an art patron. Uh, and I think that's where things are really going to get interesting.
0: So does the platform offer uh, NERV to fiat conversion and will that allow uh, the user to not only maybe send some US dollar into the platform so that they can have NERV tokens, but also uh, convert those NERV tokens and then remove it from the platform into their bank account?
1: Well, we don't want to be an exchange right? um, and we don't want to even be construed as being an exchange. Um, And we always have to be really cautious in that one of our goals is mass adoption of crypto based on what we're doing. We think we're going to be bringing along a lot of civilians into the crypto ecosystem without them even realizing what they're doing Um, because of the way we're bringing them along with narrative. They may not even realize there's a crypto component to this. Mm -hmm. However, Um, You can currently, although you can use NERV to buy a niche, you also can use PayPal. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible on the payment side um, already. On the withdrawal side, when redemptions come on Monday, you'll be able to take your points out as NERV tokens, but we will not support fiat right off the bat. Um, That's going to come in the future. Mm. We know we do want to do that, um, but just not right off the bat. I think we're trying to be pretty conservative each time we roll out a new portion of the system, especially as it relates to the rewards and the financial side. We want to be extremely careful and make sure that it's working correctly before we introduce a new layer of uh, complexity.
0: Absolutely. So uh, sort of shifting gears a little bit. Um, How has the community governance mechanism performed since the launch of the platform? And what are maybe some interesting insights uh, about um, some things that you might not have anticipated with how the community governs itself?
1: Yeah, we really were not sure what we were getting into when we first opened things up. Um, You know, we've allowed so far the, the portions of the governance that are visible Um, are the quality ratings, uh, Um. where members can come in and up, down, vote on um, content quality. We've allowed people to nominate themselves as moderators for niches. The moderator elections haven't happened yet. Mm. And then where there is an appeal, um, a disagreement about something, uh, those appeals go to the tribunal, which in the future will be composed of community members, but for now is our team. Um, Cannot wait to give that to the community completely Um, and we've really seen I think the surprising thing to me is the depths of passion and involvement by some of our community members they have fully embraced the idea that this is their platform and they really want to make sure that there's quality content good actors no spam no plagiarism um, no problems like that and you know to some degree We've seen almost like case law happening, you know, arguments going on in the community, in the comments, people passionately arguing one way or another as to whether something is good or bad or quality. And I love it. I mean, you could look at it and say, oh, no, they're arguing. But to me, that's governance in action, right? You're never going to have kumbaya of, you know, if it's real government, it's messy, and so when I see that stuff, I just think, wow, it's working. Um, that's that's what we're going for is we want everybody to have a voice, be involved, get their say. And at the end of the day, I think it's working really well. Like I'm very pleased with the level of quality of most of the content on the platform. I think the voting seems to be working, surfacing high quality stuff and depressing the value low quality content doesn't earn rewards. Mm. So that's the key thing is, you know, if enough people downvote something, it's not eligible to earn any rewards. And to me, looking at some of the low quality posts, it, you know, retroactively, I I think it actually did work.
0: Very cool. So it's, you have an, an, an engaged community that has grown, I think, since, uh, I think we were at 5,500 members in December, and now we're, we're surpassing 8,000 8, members. Um, so I'm wondering, with these uh, highly engaged community members, what are sort of some of the things that they're saying about publications that's expected to launch in summer, and also what are some of your, um, what excites you most about publications launching soon?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, publications is something that is super timely. And I think the fact that we've prioritized it, you know, originally it was a little bit down the road. We've prioritized it because we've actually seen now public conversations of people saying they're getting kicked off of platforms they're on. They're not being treated well. You know, some plat—some big platforms out there are haven't figured out how they want to treat their content creators. And I would throw, you know, YouTube and medium and a lot of the platforms out there into that bucket of they just don't know what to do. They're almost throwing their hands up. So I thought it was really important for us to move that forward sooner and have it happen sooner. Um, For me, publications are going to be all about, um, imagine if you're a, a publisher and you, you want to write a blog, you want to have a blog for whatever reason. If you're on one of the other platforms, it's almost like you're taking a rock and you are launching it off a cliff into the ocean. You don't know where it's going to land. You don't know what's going to happen with it. You're just throwing it off the cliff and hoping something happens. right? <clears throat> what I want to see in narrative publications is it's more like skipping a stone. right? So you're going to publish it on your publication and narrative, but guess what? You also can attach it to niches. So because of the niche system, if I am writing about, um, you know, the Washington Redskins on my publication, like I'm um, hail to the Redskins is my publication and I post that, I can actually also post it to the sports niche and to the football niche. And those people have raised their hands, people following those niches have raised their hands to say, that's what I'm interested in. I want to read that. So there's no algorithm in the way as an intermediary stopping them. I'm not going to worry about my organic reach anymore. (laughs) I'm going to actually be able to just publish and know that people who want to read it will get to read it. And to me, that's the power. Um, You know, a lot of people are saying things about you know, but we need to monetize the publications. We need to have premium content. Yes, we do in the future that those things are probably going to happen. But the real power is the ability to have reach to me.
0: Absolutely. So since since the launch of the public beta, have you had any high profile individuals who've been booted off of uh, another platform come over to narrative?
1: Um, I don't know if I can out anyone. We've definitely had some people, I will say we're doing outreach in the background constantly um, talking to people. We've had some authors. Um, I've got uh, Ryan Foland uh, and his partner who are publishing a book in September. Called ditch the act just to shill them a little bit. Um, They've decided to use narrative as one component for their promotion for their book, and it was interesting to get their reaction because I always thought that authors would be a natural fit for uh, narrative to make sure you can promote it to an audience that's interested. Um, We I've also got ongoing conversations that I can't talk about with a couple of others, Um, but yes, uh, I think that. As word spreads, we are going to see an influx.
0: Very cool. So kind of um, shifting gears a little bit, what do marketing efforts look like to attract users to the platform?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a question that comes up because we actually don't do a lot of marketing of our marketing. So I guess I need to think about that. Um, We're so busy doing the stuff that sometimes we forget to share what we're doing. One of our big prongs is influencer outreach, and I just alluded to that a little bit. But the public portion of that is um, we've got an ongoing effort called Nerveworthy, Mm -hmm. where we're trying to go out and highlight writers that we really love, that we believe are worthy of being on narrative, that we'd love to see, Um, and then tagging them in social with the Nerveworthy hashtag. <clears throat> and then, also reaching out to them directly. And that's had some pretty good success. Um, I think highlighting people who already write quality content and may want another home, I think is a good idea. Second prong that we've just started more recently is actually proactively reaching out to some of the really great medium writers. And so we've got an ongoing blog series going on on narrative where we, Um, actually highlight and reach out to some of the top medium writers in different subjects, because we know those people are often looking for another outlet um, at this moment as well. So that's actually had some good uh, success as well. We're kind of watching to see if they end up coming onto the platform. And we've actually seen some of that happening so far. So I'm kind of excited about that. Other things coming down the road in terms of marketing will involve developer time, so it has to be prioritized in, but we will have a referral member referral program that I think I've been talking about since day one. That is coming. Um, and then the other thing is the ability to import from some of the other big platforms. I think that will really help as well. Um, so as soon as we can slot that into the developer roadmap, um, I think those Kind of three major prongs will help us uh, get some more traction going.
0: <clears throat> Speaking of which, uh, one of my teammates was noticing that Narrative is caught up with the roadmap right now and is working on the, the post-beta and beyond section. So is there uh, a ballpark date for implementation of advertising or advertisers uh, on the name onto the narrative platform, uh, to kind of increase that source of revenue?
1: Yeah, believe me, no one's more anxious than us to get the ads going. (laughs) Um, I think one thing to keep in mind is we have to have the eyeballs and the audience to attract advertisers. I think we're actually getting in the ballpark where that would make sense. But again, it's developer time. I can't break any news with you right now on, in terms of timing. But I will say that um, publications are the next thing that's coming once the Redemption's release goes out on Monday. The next thing is publications. Then also notifications within the system, which I think will help with stickiness and retention, Mm -hmm. which will then in turn happen or or will then help us with attracting new visitors as well. Um, And then I would say in terms of roadmap, the spec is the roadmap. Um, There are a lot of things in our publicly published spec that are in detail, you know, features we know we want to do. So lots of things in the spec have next to them, future feature, future feature. We're going to be basically working our way through that list Mm -hmm. and making sure the spec is that the product is built to the spec completely. Um, so I, we, I don't know if we'll be doing another pretty roadmap map graphic like we had, but, um, that's the short answer.
0: Sure. So as we're starting to see, um, traction pick up with the platform and a little bit of interest potentially from future ad partners, um, are, are you and your team planning on going after specific types of businesses, um, or particular types of brands? uh for for folks who might be interested in advertising on the platform?
1: I think because we're going to be doing contextual uh ads and not behavioral based, we will probably have to do some manual outreach. You know, I don't think it's going to be a situation where we can just flip a switch on programmatic. Um, but that's definitely a conversation we'll have to have. Um, and I do see room for individual outreach per niche for some of the larger niches as well. Mm. You know, some of them are just a straight up natural fit for a big brand potentially. Um, so kind of all, all bets are open right now on that front.
0: So, so businesses will be able to advertise on specific niches that might match their target audience.
1: That's the vision. Yeah. So if I'm on the fishing niche, I may see an ad for a fishing pole.
0: <clears throat> cool. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and get a little bit more macro because we've had a very interesting week here in the United States with regulators talking about Libra and Bitcoin. Um, we had Trump talking about Bitcoin and Senate hearings and House representatives going on camera and having uh, a lot of folks having showing their in-depth understanding of Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, So at this point in 2019, do you think there's maybe some more certainty in the current U.S. regulations that surround blockchain and cryptocurrency projects?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely getting better. Um, And I think that the closer we get to some kind of certainty, the better it will be for innovators and for people who are trying to work in this industry. Um, I think sometimes the politicians and And the public commentary gets really wrapped around the idea of the bad actors and the scammers and the problems and sometimes lose the fact that you have all these wonderful projects out there that are really trying to do good things. Um, And I, I wish that some people would highlight some of the projects that are going forward that are actually bringing things to life. You know, you've got folks like Travala out there just plunging out there doing great things um I would like to see more focus on that. That being said, though, to me, all publicity is good publicity when it comes to Bitcoin and crypto. And I, I really think that even having the president make a comment, even if it's a negative comment, just having it out there, that it's something that people are more aware of, awareness is the first step. Mm-hmm right? Um, so I'm hoping this sparks a good conversation. I was pleasantly surprised at some of the things that were said during the hearings. Um, totally frightened by some of the other things. Um, but uh, you know, conversation is good. It's better than be sitting in the dark wondering what's going to happen next. Right.
0: Absolutely. So, so given the, the narrative reward system with nerve, have you and the team potentially identified any regulatory hurdles that narrative might need to overcome?
1: We feel super confident that we did things the right way. We were, I think probably everything everyone has ever seen from us has been, we are as conservative as you could possibly be in terms of our strategy and how we went about this. We were meticulous uh, when we held our token sale. We are very confident that we are a utility token with utility from day one. The minute the token sale ended, um, you know, I I don't really I won't say I'm not concerned. You always want to be paying attention to what's going on. Um, but we feel very confident that we've done things the correct way and we'll continue.
0: So looking forward, um, we have an Android or an iOS app on the roadmap, potentially. Um, are we talking, when are we talking about new languages being added to the platform beyond the specs? What are some sort of, um, things that narrative users can look forward to?
1: Yeah, we definitely, I I guess I I did reference, you know, we're we're onto the spec. Those things that you mentioned, both of those, I consider to be very, very important. Um, The app will be very important, both the Android and the iPhone app, and the languages. um, Interestingly, we've seen strong demand from inside the platform. Even though we're English only, we're appealing to a global base, and we're really seeing that, Um, strong demand from people in India. We've got a large Italian contingent. We've got a ton of folks from Africa and Nigeria. I've seen um, people asking to translate on their own off-platform. So we're definitely aware that there is a big opportunity there and, you know, the exciting thing about the language thing is that that will amplify the value of the platform exponentially times every language we do because there will be an owner of each uh, niche in each language. So think about how much that expands the universe um, for the token and for the platform itself um, and the content. So. That's something we definitely are still, uh, contemplating. Uh, it, I can't break any news in terms of when that is happening though.
0: Absolutely. Well, we've covered a lot of, uh, great ground today and a lot of, uh, interesting topics, um, I'm wondering if maybe in our conversation, there isn't anything, uh, or if there's anything that we didn't highlight that you would like to point out to our listeners.
1: I would just say one really quick little thing. Uh, We mentioned that publications are coming, but if you come to the platform, you can actually sign up. We have a wait list for publications. The benefit of signing up on the wait list is you get 20% off your publication if you sign up and you were on the wait list. So definitely good to get in early, um, and we'd love to see everybody getting ready to uh, create a new home on Narrative in the publications.
0: And what's the best way to keep up to date with uh, the the progress that Narrative is making?
1: If you go to Narrative.org, our actual blog is on the platform and we're constantly posting there. We are Narrative underscore HQ on the platform. And so if you want to see the latest and greatest, we're constantly keeping that up to date. Um, We'll tell things like the stats on the latest rewards payouts and um, other features coming. For example, two-factor authentication is also coming on Monday. Um, Another little tidbit. So yeah, that's probably the best place.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. It was really awesome to catch up with you and hear about uh, what's been happening in the recent months since the public beta launch.
1: Thank you very much, Dylan. And thanks for all the support. And thanks to the whole Neo community.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll catch up later. Okay. Well, what did you think of that? Was that an interesting conversation or what? It sounds like Narrative has been diligently working on their platform and growing their community since the public beta launch in April of 2019. And if you would like to keep up with what is going on with Narrative, please visit their website at www.narrative.org. And you can also keep up to date with what is happening with the Narrative platform on neonewstoday.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we look forward to the next time.